0: Hey everybody, welcome to Answer the Call. I'm Kelsey Kemp. This is a podcast for Christians who want to find their calling and launch an incredible career that's aligned with it, so you could play your unique part in God's creation, serving impactfully and faithfully in the decades of work ahead. Every week, I'm bringing you a workshop-style training from my perspective as a Christian career coach, as well as inspiring conversations with fellow Christians who are boldly living out their callings so you can be encouraged to live out yours with bold faith, big vision, and decisive action. This week, you get to hear one of my favorite episodes I've created for you in season five, answering a huge question I think we all have, which is, so how do I really know I'm called to do something? Are there any confirmation signs I should be looking out for? If so, what are they? Please tell. All right, (laughs) I'm so excited for you to hear what I have to say um, from the observations and themes I've observed from the, what is it, 100 clients I've worked with thus far, as well as the dozens of stories from friends and people I've interviewed for this podcast who have told how they got clear on their callings, as well as, of course, what I've studied on what the Bible has to say about these things. So. I think you're going to love this episode. And as you know, season five has been all about the 10 biggest questions we have about our callings. These 10 audio lessons come straight from module one of my course, The Calling Academy, which is now live and waiting for you on my site, kelseykemp.com. Head over to kelseykemp.com to get free access to the rest of module one, which includes the 27 page accompanying guide to this podcast series for additional notes, biblical references and more so if you hear me mention that guide in this episode you know what I'm talking about and where to find it and this guide can be a keepsake for your own journey to finding your calling or it could be used as a bible study or small group discussion guide to go through with friends up to you and while you're there remember to visit the free tools page at the top of the homepage I recently created and I love it and I think you all too And you could go there to get access to my other free career tools I've designed to help you gain clarity and confidence towards your calling. All right, now enjoy today's episode. Man, I am excited for this question because I know when I sent out the poll, this is the question that most people were By and far, (laughs) most interested in. So the question is, obviously, if you clicked on it, how do I really know that I'm called to do something? What are the signs of confirmation I should be looking for? Essentially, how will I know when I know? So of course, if you are first following um, what I mentioned in the previous little audio clip or section of what are the steps that are set forth in biblical examples of how we should kind of go about finding our calling and what what does it look like to go through a wise and thorough discernment process. So if you're doing that, actually by definition, this is module one. So you're might you might be early on in that journey. So I know it's very tempting to think, well, when is this journey going to end? What are my signs of confirmation going to be? But I think Mm, I don't know. I I really hope to settle you in sharing what I'm about to share that the signs will come and it's not, it's going to happen. So um, you're you're probably just wondering like, what is the light of the tunnel going to look like? When is that coming? What signs should I be looking for? What's the form the confirmation will come through? So I'm going to say this up front, pray fervently for guidance and for signs of confirmation, of course, but be willing to expect that God in his goodness often gives us opportunities to know and to love him more by having you step out in faith to test ideas where of where you think he might be leading you. If you're holding back, waiting for direct step-by-step instructions and a loud, clear promise that you'll get uh, everything that you'll hope for without any ambiguity, pain or discomfort or confusion or use of free will and your power of choice along your journey. And you're, you're actually, if you're really wanting, holding out and waiting and saying, God, I just want you to make everything clear before I take any action and really wanting that assurance that it's all going to be perfect when you know it's not going to be, you're really asking God to Rob you of some of the most spiritually enriching experiences that He affords to us as a gift, such as feeling silly as we lift up. Like, I'm going to share some biblical examples here of what some following some callings have really looked like in the Bible. So, like, you're asking God to rob you of the faith building experiences of feeling silly when you maybe lift up. Your version of the five loaves and two fish for God to use when you clearly know that you need provision for the feeding of thousands more, like in the uh, loaves and fishes story throughout the gospel accounts, Um, or like the Israelites looked absolutely ridiculous as they walked around the walls of Jericho seven times with loud trumpets and singing when logic obviously told them that they had no idea how that was actually supposed to knock the walls down, um, that they needed to defeat. And then also you wouldn't actually want to be robbed of the experience of another big theme in the Bible that we see of leaving the comfort of your homeland out of obedience and faith without actually having confirmation of the specific destination. Like we see in Abraham's story in Genesis 12 verse one, God says, go to the land that I will show you. And then it says, yeah, he wound up in Canaan, but it says, go to the land that I will show, will show you. But it first says, go. Just like to the paralyzed man, uh, Jesus said, pick up your mat and walk. That sounded ridiculous. Jesus wasn't saying, hey, in a minute here, this is going to sound crazy, but you're actually going to start walking even though you've been paralyzed for 40 years and sitting on this mat. Um, There wasn't any prep. It was get up, pick up your mat and go. And so that doesn't have a whole lot of... um, prep with specific promise of where you're going, you have to take action. And God, it's a beautiful thing in the many, many circumstances in life where God calls us into that faith building experience. And also, um, like actually you, I mean, in a spiritual sense, really don't want to be robbed of the experience of accepting, An assignment from God that actually might feel quite specific, but you have absolutely no peace about it because of the risk and sacrifice that it requires you to take. We see this in, oh man, riddled throughout the entire Bible. Let's talk about Moses, Jonah, Esther, Jesus himself. None of, all of these people uh, did actually receive a highly specific assignment as we know from God, but none of them had anything of the sort of like this feeling of um, tranquility and just ease and like, wow, yeah, I just feel so good about it that we often equate peace to mean culturally. And um, speaking of cultural (laughs) uh, myths that surround this, I really am highlighting this point because our culture so heavily glorifies mantras like, Go where the peace is, which absolutely deceives us into confusing a godly feeling of conviction. Conviction that you are rooted and settled knowing, okay, I have discerned through prayer, thought, reflection, counsel from community that this is the right thing for me to do for the Lord and for his people, for the glory of God and the good of others. And Um, you don't want to confuse conviction in like rooted or settledness that this is the right thing with, I have absolute tranquility, peace. Like this isn't bothering me. This is cool. Likely, um, if you're feeling that like, okay, maybe that's just absolute grace from God. Um, that it does seem in every way, like this is just a cheery situation that requires you, um, to, well, Let me say it this way. Likely, likely. All of this, of course, like take it with a grain of salt. This is from my learning and what I have perceived from my studies of the Bible. But most likely, if you have this feeling of just absolute unbotheredness, Um, Like there's nothing about the situation that inconveniences you um, in your calling or there's no sacrifice. It's likely because it's a decision that serves you in every way without requiring you to give up any idols or place any faith in God, um, which is the purpose, honestly, I think of callings of following our callings, because, um, we know in Acts chapter 17, God says, as if human hands needed to serve me, he says, no, I don't need any of you to accomplish my will. I'm God. I am the God of the universe. I hold the very breath in your lungs. He doesn't need us, but he allows us to participate in having purpose, seeking it and carrying it out. Uh, as his hands and feet, um, so that we may know him better as we serve him, as we seek his will, uh, as we get to participate in this life with him. Um, and that that closeness that we get through our callings, which is really the whole point, um, we actually uh, naturally experience the confrontation of seeing what the idols we actually prize in our hearts are, We see our idols, and then we have to confront them, and then we have to give them up. Um, So that isn't meant to terrify you. Of course, it naturally terrifies our human nature, but it is an encouragement if you really think about it. Um... All this to say, well, actually, let me give me an exa- give you an example. So we see that Jesus himself was emotionally and physically distressed, as we know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, to the extent of sweating blood. He even asked God to take this cup from me in Luke 22, 42. Again, scriptural references are all in the PDF attachment uh, with this lesson. And also, Moses echoes that exact same thing. He actually begged God to send someone else to go to Pharaoh in his place. If Jesus and Moses by no means displayed feelings of tranquility in some of the most clear examples of God giving someone a specific calling, it is unreasonable for us to expect that conviction and obedience, not tranquility, will have to play a part in our stories as well. So... Um, I really, really encourage you to be very careful with the ways that our culture idolizes. I have to have a sense of peace before I make a decision. Very likely, you actually wrestling with the decision will feel like wrestling. That doesn't mean it's the wrong decision, but if through that wrestling of with prayer, community, thoughtful discernment, wise decision-making, logic, all that stuff, you come to the conviction that this is the right thing to do for God, this is the most faithful thing that I could uh, do in my life right now, as far as I see with the information in front of me, then yeah, you're probably going to feel unsettled to say the least, I like to put a nice word to it as you're making decisions. I don't think most of us feel that decision-making is comfortable, but once you make the decision and you are on the road towards it, know that of course, of Of course, we see that God in the Bible, he promises to give us peace, even that surpasses all understanding when we present our request to him with prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, as it says in Philippians 4, 6 and 7. But that peace comes from God. It comes from God. And it literally is saying, hey, just so you know, it's going to surpass all understanding. So What is understandable is what we see in the natural, and that is our circumstances, what we see with our eyes right in front of us. That is not where your peace comes from. It might indeed freak you out, but your peace comes from the Lord. And also, Jesus says, this is so beautiful in John 20, 21, he says, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. Peace be with you with you on the road my friend so um that's such an important distinction that i've learned over time um and then also i think that we also should be willing to make faithful decisions based in logical principles and what it means to be a faithful steward, just as the two servants, or the two faithful servants, as it says in the parable of the talent that I've mentioned a few times in Matthew 25, um, they knew it would be most pleasing to their master, just with logical and proactive thought. If they proactively figured out ways to invest and multiply the wealth he entrusted to them. Whereas the servant who was deemed as wicked and lazy thought it would be best to just bury the gold that was given to him in the ground for safekeeping out of a fear of losing anything. Like he wanted no personal risk to himself. Whereas the other servants just said, hey, if I were the master, I think I would want to have my wealth, um, actually put in investments, and they weren't given any specific instructions. Actually, the master, it only says that he entrusted his wealth to them, each according to their abilities, and then took off for his journey. But then once they he came back, which they didn't know the day, they didn't know, but he came back and it was like, surprise, I'm actually judging each of you based on what you did without direct instructions. One of them, one of the servants was clearly very bratty and was like, I just want to go into self-preservation mode. And I'm just going to kick back until you come knowing that, you know, I didn't think about proactively trying to do anything with your wealth to make you happy and multiply it. And Um, reap a harvest from the seeds that you gave me. I actually just buried it in the ground because I didn't want anything to get lost and I didn't want to have to steward it actively. And I think that is a big lesson for the way that we handle our careers and our callings. So with this in mind, just trust God that he is guiding you despite a lack of hyper-specific, writing-on-the-wall confirmations that you might be craving. Again, Proverbs 16 verses 1 and 9 are going to be a best friend verse or passage to you um, that despite yeah your plans are naturally going to belong to you but God it says a plans man belong uh, uh, the man's of a plan's heart mm, goodness I got this um, a man's plans belong from his come from his heart but the Lord from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue and he is also guiding your steps. Your words and your steps. That's amazing. So I like how Dr. Tim Keller talks about guidance is more of something God does rather than something he gives. Um, so aside from those biblical principles that I've gleaned from the passages I've mentioned and the biblical stories that we all know, but it's really good to pay extra close attention to them. Like, oh wow, I thought of Moses in the burning bush as like the ultimate example of like, wow, this, this guy, he he had such a powerful life with God and maybe we want big purposes like that, but it was terrifying. It was ambiguous. It was, "Mm, I don't know, God. (laughs) Um, and it required sacrifice. And so, um, I just wanted to call out what I have thus far to hopefully, um, warn you against some cultural idols towards an idolization of peace where it might not be appropriate. Um, in terms of what we make that to mean of just ultimate comfort and whatnot, and also, uh, idolizing God, I'm not going to move one step until you give me assurance that everything's going to work out perfectly. I don't have to have any accountability. It's all on you. And, um, I like, you're not accountable to your free will whatsoever. And also I want complete, uh, clear instructions and I'm not going to move until I get that. Um, That's actually not biblical. There's not biblical um, precedent for that in many cases. Um, And so now I'm going to move probably what you're more curious about, which I'm going to share some anecdotal um, themes that I've observed from speaking with well over 100 faithful Christians who would say that they're definitely following a specific calling in their careers, and they have that sense of um, guidance and specificity from the Lord, um, and so I'm going to share what I've concluded in terms of themes I've just observed. But let me highlight again: this is to be taken as kind of anecdotal um, uh, evidence. Is is that an oxymoron? Um, but anyway, uh, not as Bible truth, though I think that in many ways this maybe kind of agrees with the themes that I highlighted before. So. Here are some signs of confirmation that I've observed. By the way, I have actually not heard of an outlier from these examples. So if we were only looking at these personal examples, I would just say, yep, this is pretty much what I would say to look out for. Um, But signs of confirmation that I've observed. One is by and large, most common, a profound, and convicting thought that just hits you. And it feels like, I think this is why people say I heard from God because it's so loud. Like the thought is so loud and clear as it just hits your brain. Have you ever had that? Like, I feel like a lot of us in maybe in different times and circumstances in our life have had that just extremely convicting thought that hits our mind and it's often followed by a deep sense of knowing that kind of lingers as you turn over the thought in your mind and you can't really forget it. And you think, Oof, oh, that's really it, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Um, this has by far been the most common experience I've observed from others, as well as it was the experience that I had in my own life. So I, if you are curious just about a brief synopsis of how this worked out for me, um, I have had spent months researching and building a hypothesis of what I was called to do. So months and months and months, Maybe years of a very uncomfortable discernment process that, of course, I am looking to collect, condense, and kind of speed up for some of you uh, to make it feel a little bit more like a clear roadmap. But yeah, I was like, oh, this this wasn't like the five-step plan to get me hyperspeed guaranteed in three weeks. I'm gonna have my whole life figured out. It was months of researching and doing the work and self-reflecting to build a hypothesis of what I felt called to do. But I finally felt. Confused confirmed when I, to give you the details of the story, I randomly scrolled through the end of a really long newsletter email from the muse, which is like a career blog. And I rarely open up all the emails I get from them, but I opened it up. I happened to scroll to the end, even though it was super long. And I saw this tiny link at the bottom that mentioned a, like a blog story of a A lawyer named Kelsey who moved to London to try to figure out her life and find her calling, but she only ultimately realized that she was just trying to escape her life and she could have really stayed home. There wasn't anything to being in a new place. She actually was just trying to escape the signs that she actually did know what she was called to do and she could have done all that self reflection at home. Um, And I was shocked because I thought, huh, that's exactly what my story was at the time, because I had uncovered that realization actually in therapy. I think it might've been like, even just that week or a a few weeks before I had seen that email. I actually was, and I think I mentioned this in another audio clip. I thought I was called to move to London, but I ultimately realized there was nothing, um, that was a sign that that was a true calling. It wasn't others focused in the slightest. It was just, I was trying to make my life seem significant and really escape from my life. Um, and I thought, wow, that's crazy. So then I clicked on the link to her story and I saw that she had a podcast and one night, maybe a week or two later, I remembered the podcast and I clicked on an episode when I was alone in my hotel room in Chicago, where I was uh, traveling to go to work uh, or, I was on a traveling project in my consulting job there for like five months. And um, I clicked on an episode and I saw that she had one where she interviewed a career coach who was also named Kelsey. And I thought, this is getting weird. And during the entire episode, I was listening to the career coach describe her job. I felt my entire being just buzzing with this sense of being so known and seen and cared for by the Lord. Like you saw my desires, you see me, you see what I really, how I really crave to serve you in this world. And I felt like he was leading me toward it. And in the middle of the podcast, I had the deepest, like loudest and clearest sentence, just like rip through my brain. It felt like it actually hit me. And um, it just gave me this full body sensation that had me scrambling for a pen and paper without even realizing what I was doing, which is ironic because I didn't even really need to write it down because I have never forgotten it to this day. And that was like four years ago. And um, I heard, it's like I the podcast was still going, but it was so clear to me. It's like I was only there with God and everything else just faded away and I heard the sentence was help deploy my soldiers to the stations in society where they were called they are called to serve help deploy my soldiers to the stations in society where they are called to serve and that was it that was it But I knew exactly what that meant (laughs) because for months, I mean, there's so much to the story and God, it's like he speaks in the language that's exactly like what you would understand because I have a whole family history of um, some stories from my grandparents and my mom and my dad receiving moments of like "Quote hearing from God in that way and God speaking to us in kind of militaristic language, which sounds so intense. Um, but my family does have a long history with that. And, um, and it even ties in with the meaning of our family name and whatever. And so I felt again, like, wow, This is from the Lord. That is so weird. It's not like I heard that as a catchphrase on some podcast or in a book somewhere. Like that's not even cute. Like (laughs) when I tell that to other people, they're like, "Mm, "That sounds intense and weird." And I'm like, "Yeah, but it was from the Lord." Uh, And anyway, that moment and that phrase never left me. Like when I tell the story, it's like I'm still there. And it is the exact reason that I do what I do today. Like that calling was is still so clear to me. And. Right after that, I had, I signed up for the coaching certification training that I had already been researching. So I was already putting a lot of this forth and doing a lot of action and I had applied and I even was like on the verge already of Paying like it was uncomfortable, I had to pay like twelve thousand dollars for my coaching certification, and I was like, Oh gosh, okay, this is a huge investment, and so I was already teetering. It's like God gave me the confirmation to send me over the edge. It's not like this came out of nowhere when I was like, What's career coaching? I had already done a lot of work to get to the narrowed set of options that I felt called to, um, but God was so faithful to confirm it, just to like really get me on the path. And anyway, that didn't mean that everything fell into place at once. I signed up for the coaching train, coach training. And then maybe a month later, I had my first uh, conference weekend as a part of that program. And I had, was still planning to stay in the job that I was at for a few more months, while well, I built up the business on the side. But once I got to the conference, I felt I had more information to work with, and I felt so much confirmation that it was actually time to quit right away and dedicate myself fully to the building of the business sooner rather than later. And then, of course, like that theme of clarity just unfolds one step at a time still applies to today. So that's my story with the loud convicting thought that I hear from most people as the most common experience. Um, and then also next, uh, oftentimes your calling is the theme that just makes deep logical sense. Um, and like maybe you've thought, and I've heard a lot of people say, explain it in this way, like, well, I've prayed and I've reflected and I've searched deeply and honestly, i I don't know what else I would do. Nothing else is coming up. Like I've really spent time on this and I've prayed about it and researched. And if this is the main theme that keeps coming up, I'm going to, I think I'm supposed to try it and see what God continues to reveal to me as I go down this path. Again, one step At a time. And my friend Emily Morris, who I in the PDF, uh, I linked to the podcast episode that we did together, her story is a really great example of this. Um, She is a deeply faithful, prayerful, hear from the Lord kind of person, but her calling, and she definitely would categorize it as that, has really just been a purely logical decision-making process. And she feels so affirmed in what she's doing. She's a music therapist, actually, which is so unique. So anyway, listen to her story if you would like to hear more about that. Then another sign um, kind of comes in the form of people I've heard saying, you know, it just feels faithful and right to explore this further and take steps in this direction. I've considered this thoroughly, prayerfully and communally. And there's, here's the kicker. Nothing I think would be overtly unfaithful or unwise about pursuing this option. That that really, that was um, a big one for my friend Hudson, who for years, like since It was probably eight years from early high school, throughout college, and after college. He just kept on, ever since he was young, feeling this. And he's like, a white dude from El Paso, Texas. But he has always been so, um, so drawn to Asian cultures. And for whatever reason, he said, I've just endlessly been fascinated with learning as many, um, East and South Asian languages as possible. And that is the interesting fascination that God has always put on his heart. And he was really wrestling though. He was going to go to grad school and he got accepted to Duke's um, campus actually in China. And uh, they have a, a special program there in partnership with a Chinese university. And he also got accepted to that same type of master's program in the States. And he just was really wrestling with this. And he told me that in a conversation with his dad, he's like, dad, I just really don't know if I'm actually called to go there. And he was like, son, this theme keeps on coming up in your life again and again. Is there anything directly unfaithful that you think you would be Doing wrong or like isn't good stewardship if you just went for it? Like, is there anything directly unfaithful about pursuing this option? And he said, Oh, nope. And he went and it was amazing. And he met his wife and it was crazy. So, uh, gosh, that was a really cool story for me to witness personally. And then uh, another point. Uh, or a kind of sign of confirmation that I've witnessed is actually experiencing God speaking to you through other people as you notice signs and patterns in a variety of wise counselors that you seek advice and feedback from. So Proverbs fifteen twenty two is a, a great one for this. So plans fail for lack of counsel, but many advisors. But with many advisors, they succeed. So seek wise counsel from a variety of people who know you, know also what they're talking about, like i.e. if you're considering starting a business, talk to at least a few people who have started a business and not just your existing pool of friends and family that maybe all have a personal bias, just for example, towards security that causes them to really love keeping a salary and they would never like, they just shrink back from the idea of like, I would never want to start a business. So maybe they have a natural bias to want to protect you from that. When maybe that's something real that God is calling you to, but you need to make sure to diversify the uh, variety of advisors that you're seeking counsel from with people who can really say, yeah, this is really what it's like. And as you're hearing about their insider knowledge of the field, maybe you get the same sensation that I did. Like why, as I was listening to that career coach, like, oh man, yes, this is the thing for me. Um, and then also seek counsel from people that know the Lord and have wisdom that comes from, um, studying the Bible straight up and living in accordance with these scriptures. So, um, this, that's kind of, I don't know why that's like an unpopular opinion. I'm like, well, yeah, if you say that you're a Christian, when you want to get to know God through what he writes about himself? And if you are, let me just give an example, okay, of why this isn't important. This is important. I feel like it sounded like I said, isn't. But if you talk to someone who has, for in accordance with the example I gave earlier, maybe has fallen for the cultural platitude of go where the peace is, um, then they can really discourage you from following an assignment that that might really be from God, um, just because... You display signs of nervousness about the sacrifices it will require of you. And maybe it just really doesn't make sense according to the world's standard of success. And you, I'm sure that all of us have experienced this in some way in our lives. Like You really might be discouraged from doing something that is actually a really good decision just because the person you're talking to, they are not in tuned with what uh, the Bible says, like faithful decision making entails, which at times might cause you to look silly or forsake things that naturally give you an emotional response of like, oh gosh, this is this is not fine. And people might say, well, why are you doing it then? No, go follow the piece when I already broke down earlier that that's not necessarily biblical. Um, So then also seek counsel from a variety of people, including those who are willing to be objective, because honestly, it's difficult for those close to us to really remain completely objective as we advise each other, because in some ways... um, among other reasons. But in some ways, I just kind of think it we're trying to get each other to live as we would and just like become us. And this is why it's usually beneficial to seek additional counsel in conjunction from people who deeply know you, but also from objective sources like a stranger or acquaintance in an industry you're considering or a counselor or career coach hi, that's me. Yay. So then um, my last few points, uh, another sign of confirmation might be seeing many doors just fling wide open with favor and opportunity in a certain area. And let me just say, of course, like like each of the signs I've mentioned on this list, um, or potential signs of confirmation, I should say, it's always, of course, best to prayerfully seek multiple sources of confirmation um, because you could, for example, be flooded with opportunity in a certain field, um, but feel like God is still impressing this message upon your conscience that something's just like at war within you. And it says like, this opportunity the world is giving you, maybe it's just a distraction from finding what you're really meant to do. so Uh, Is that like an ultimate answer in and of itself? No, you're meant to take that kind of nudge from the Holy Spirit potentially to patiently and faithfully explore other options that are in alignment with your abilities and what God created you to truly care about and what your community validates as a wise choice for you. In essence, apply wisdom to all things like don't take some crazy miraculous sign and I definitely wanted to... I'll cover this more in a bit. Um, Well, no, heck, let's give the example right now of um, addressing people who are, and this is, I'm sure, been all of us at some point, if not still, um, are seeking miraculous signs like, oh, I just, uh, for instance, I was having a conversation with my intern, Charlie, and he, hi, Charlie, if you're listening to this, he was saying that one of his friends was like, I, um... I'm trying to decide if I should go to a university in Texas or California, and I heard a song on the radio, a couple songs came on, and they were all mentioning California, and I really think that's my sign. And we don't know if that's true or not, of course, I'm not God, he's the one to whom can unravel all mysteries, I don't know, but you're really creating you're making yourself very very vulnerable to a bad decision and deceit which oh my gosh <laughs> like we what is the enemy or satan called in the bible he's called the prince of lies y'all he could give you 9 truths or nine signs of confirmation to get you to the 10th thing that is a lie. You have to honestly be on guard. And so back your decisions up. Maybe you could say, oh, wow, this is weird. I keep on seeing, like hearing random people mention this very specific thing over and over and over again. Great. Take that to explore it with wisdom and logic, validating in community, backing it up with what you know is pleasing to God, according to his character that he displays in the scriptures, to see if that really does make sense for you. Do not make that decision alone or in haste, uh, only hinging it upon some weird signs that honestly might just be circumstances. They might be God, I'm not to say, but back it up, at least by talking to some other people and getting their counsel and saying, does this make sense for me? Because in the college example of this guy, we don't know if he actually um, really might be called to um, be a certain type of engineer. And that is really what his... um, aptitudes align with. And that university in California really just doesn't even offer that major or their engineering program isn't very robust. Or then more generally, what about like, let's just faithfully and kind of logically look at, okay, the university in Texas, um, they have a actually very impressive, I'm thinking about my alma mater, actually, my uh, like a 98% um, rate of graduates leaving, like walking the stage with a job. That's incredible. Whereas the university in California, no hate, this is purely a theoretical example. It's like a 50% rate. And by the way, the tuition is three times higher. Those are all big logical components that have a huge effect on your life. That should be a part of your decision-making with prayer including and in giving room to the mystery of the spirit okay <laughs> but i wouldn't just make a decision like um i also heard this story of this woman um, she was thinking, should I be an accountant or should I be a real estate agent? And she came back to her car after lunch and there was a flyer that's like from a brokerage, like join our brokerage as a real estate agent. And she thought, oh, it's a sign. And she goes and she spends all this time and money on her real estate license and really, like uh, works hard, but ends up realizing that she hates real estate because she actually really prizes st- uh, stability, predictable schedule. She likes just showing up to a desk every day. She didn't like the variable nature and the high stress of real estate. It totally disagreed with how God made her to be. It totally disagreed with it. So that's why we have to put our decisions through many lenses and see if they hold up to the test. Not being prey to signs that might or might not be from the Lord. I'm not saying they're not. It's just, if it is, it will also hold up to the other faithful elements of decision-making, which is an exploration of, does this make sense according to who God is and according to who I know, how I know he made me to be? Like, does this agree with my nature, abilities, and whatnot? And does this also agree with the really wise people in my life that know me and know God? Are they saying, yeah, I think this also makes sense for you? Um yes, those are all things that I really um recommend that you put your decisions through those filters. And then la- no, not lastly. We have two more. One um just being a sign of confirmation I've witnessed is also having a deep sense of like conviction. Um like maybe a holy ambition or like an anger or sadness over wanting to see something very specific like redeemed, healed, fixed, turned around and it's just bothering you. You're like, this is something that I'm no longer willing to stand in the world. while God, don't get me wrong, is so gracious to give us many perks and personal reasons why we are super amped and positively motivated towards a calling that he might be giving us. Like for instance, I was so excited to be a business owner because I was really ready to be in control of my own schedule and have creative freedom and autonomy instead of being a corporate cog. No hate to that. It just wasn't for me. And of course, Was I so worried that I was actually just being super selfish and bratty? Yeah, but I actually knew that what was sponsoring it all was not just what I wanted for myself, but what I deeply wanted for other people. When I answered that question, what am I no longer willing to stand in the world? I cried. I cried thinking about all the incredible people in my life that have, I could see so many things that are so special about them. And I could hear them over dinner talking about the dreams that God placed on their heart, yet they think that they must give into the defeat and make their whole 50-year career, a game of beating themselves into contentment without faithfully considering that maybe God wants you to go out into an area that, yeah, the additional perk is it sounds pretty exciting to you and you love that idea, but also it serves others in a way that is meaningful to you. It made me cry to see people give up and squander their life. And that is how I knew, oof, this isn't just for me. No, this is for other people. So, I also want to say in bringing up, yeah, it could be something that you're really broken hearted about and you have a deep conviction to go fix that thing. But don't get me wrong in assuming that all callings are about heroically um, doing the movie version of what we see as like relieving pain and suffering. No, you can absolutely be called to be an ambassador for Christ in the way you live out in irreplaceable station in our society as a concert violinist or an artist or a ballet dancer or someone that creates incredible movies that add beauty and creative expression and a sense of inspiration to the world that is straight up godly. It is godly. Oh, yeah, so not all all of us are called to be ambassadors of like relieving pain directly, though I would definitely say that many of us can relate that in painful moments in our lives. Gosh, were we glad that our favorite movie existed. And gosh, were we glad that someone loves creating a podcast where they interview their best friends and just share encouraging stories. Heck, yeah. Okay, So in a way, you're still um, relieving pain and suffering by adding beauty and meaning to the world. Um, but I'm just saying callings come in all different shapes and sizes. So the last thing that I will share as a, I keep on saying that, a um, point of potential uh, confirmation is after much prayer and thought, you think like, well, honestly, I don't think this idea, this dream, this conviction is going away anytime soon. I honestly think that when I picture the end of my life and I really sit with that, I will regret if I don't do this. I definitely think that that um, that's a helpful test to hold it to. And I've heard that many times. Not all of my clients relate to that. Actually, I would say it's um, it's a few that we end up Talking about that in conversation, but some definitely, when I ask them, "Is this something? How long is have you been thinking about this?" and it's usually like for years, <laughs> they'll say it quickly. Um, you know, they're talking about a certain dream, and then um, I'll ask them. Honestly, I hate to put it to the test, but let's think about the end of your life. Will you like? How will you feel if you didn't go for it? And they say regret, (laughs) like really quickly. I think that that's something to explore for sure. So all to say, um, when you receive anything along the lines of one of these signs of confirmation, the next step likely, hear me in this, pay attention. The next step likely isn't changing your entire life all at once. I want you to know that you don't have to look for signs of confirmation that you now know how your entire life is going to pan out. You likely only need baby confirmations one step at a time. (laughs) And so most likely you really simply need to just continue taking steps forward and while continually remaining open to further discernment as you gain clarity through action, action, Apply like for, I'm going to give three examples. So one, like your next decision, you don't have to receive confirmation from the Lord that you're meant to go to, this was one of my clients, like she didn't have to receive confirmation that she was supposed to go to Denver Seminary in fall 2021. Her first step was deciding what kind of field she wanted, she felt compelled towards. Then she researched and talked to people of what kind of qualifications she would have to get. Then she just explored, okay, I think that the my little cliff moment, which by the way, following our calling is often not jumping off a cliff. It's really jumping off a curb and then stepping down off of one more curb and one more curve, or let's positively say going up one step in the stair, one at a time. And so her next uh, step was really, okay, to see if this is really what the breadcrumbs we've been following is really true. I'm going to apply to the two schools in my area and then see which one I get into. And she does not have to decide until she, well, she ultimately did get into the one she wanted most. Um, And then boom. So it's just one step at a time. And so another example is like, if you feel like you might be called to start a business, you don't have to have the... In- like, honestly, this will not... If you are called to entrepreneurship, it is a game of iteration. You likely will not. Even if you do think you are so certain about how everything in the future is going to pan out, hold that lightly, okay? Because it, you just need to only probably make one... Your next decision is only to... Test your business idea by getting mentorship from someone in that industry and also conducting market research and seeing if you get beta clients that as you refine the details of your plan through action and through action, you'll see what price point works out, what company name resonates with people most. Do not, oh my gosh, business is such a good example for this because it is straight up not wise to create a 50-page business plan that's really becoming outdated and experts are talking about how business plans, it evolves too fast to make a business plan relevant. Um, Innovation is too fast for it. Um, And so it's actually being seen as commonly known as unwise to go pay money for an LLC that you um, legally in your state don't need to carry out your first few rounds of business as you're testing out and validating your idea. You definitely don't need to pay for a logo. You might not even need a website. You are in the stages of testing through action, creating um, prototypes for your product or service and seeing what works out. And it's just tiny iterations single day of your life in business (laughs) so uh, in that sense you really don't need this ultimate calling from god that yes you will stand on that stage in 2030 no you don't need that and the last thing is um, maybe the next step for you is just decide this is going to be the majority of you likely decide to reach out to a few people that you're starting to get clear you feel god is nudging you towards a certain industry or to get to serve in a a type of role that maybe you don't know what the name for it is yet, but you kind of know the general direction, then the only next decision that you have to make is the next, who are the few people that you should reach out to that hold different jobs within that overarching industry? And then have those conversations that allow you to collect the detailed information that will help you decide which position would be the most suitable way to live out your calling, kind of under that umbrella idea that you got from the Lord. So my point is you often only have to make decisions like one or two or three steps at a time ahead of you, God graciously does not show you the whole staircase at once. The vast majority of people I've talked to actually have said, if God showed and just ask people in your life who you think are really living out a calling, ask them what they think about this. They say, I've heard, if God had shown me everything He was calling me to do, like over years of my life at once, I would have scoffed at it in disbelief and probably run away. But by following the breadcrumbs and taking one faithful step at a time with the information God put in front of me, He has truly worked all that together to do more than I could have ever asked or imagined. That is remarkable. And so, I hope that you are really encouraged and comforted that your confirmation will come and likely just be looking out for the breadcrumbs and likely it will also just make a lot of sense. So uh, it's coming, my friend. Stay prayerful and faithful in the process uh, as I know that you will. I mean, if you're following along with our next modules, so get excited. What did you think? I hope you loved this episode as much as I did. Remember that you could always DM me at Kelsey underscore the called career over at Instagram. At Instagram? Sure. So you could let me know if you have any follow-up questions from this episode or however else I could support you by just sending me a DM. I love connecting with y'all. And don't forget, I love you guys who are so supportive and encouraging over on the review section of whatever Podcast listening platform you're on right now, man. I so appreciate, and you know that's a big deal for me when you leave a review. So thank you so much to those of you who are doing that. And also don't forget the suite of free resources for free. Yeah, that's right. Over at kelseykemp.com/free, which has a variety of free career tools that I've built and developed for you guys over the years, just housed in one cute little place. So. I hope y'all have an awesome week. I'll see you next Tuesday for next week's episode of Answer the Call.